Amen. We're going to get right into God's Word, Colossians chapter number 1. Got a testimony this morning. I, your pastor, got a testimony this morning. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter number 1, we're going to start reading verse 9 through verse number 14. And we're going to be sharing the word of the Lord with you this morning. Amen. Let somebody know it's time for the word. Amen. One hour of word. One hour. That's what we want to do. We want to minister the word to you this morning for one solid hour. Thank God for his goodness. We're in the midst of a series giving thanks to the Father. We're going to be here for a while because everything that God does in your life, he is expecting you to give him thanksgiving. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father, that's our series, which has made us meet to be partake of the inheritance of the saints in light, Verse 13 is what we own today. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I love the word of God because the word of God in the new covenant is the grace of God. And the grace of God is God's finished work. I want somebody to shout it out this morning. The grace of God is God's Finished work. So you want to tell somebody this morning it is finished. Yes, sir. It's already been finished. That's why when you read the new covenant, it's all in the past tense. Everything has already been done. All right. Now, what I like to do this morning, I like to give you my subject because we got into some things. We're going to give you the subject first. You remember in this series, we on giving thanks to the Father. First, we thanked him because he made us partaker of his inheritance. Now, that's the first thing he did. All of this is on your podcast. He made us partaker of his inheritance. And we told you his inheritance is eternal life. God made me a part of his inheritance. Now, once you get eternal life, remember Romans 8.32 told you, not only God gave you eternal life. Let me read you a verse in Romans 8.32. We're going to pray. Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God gave you eternal life, made you his son. Now he could give you all things. What a mighty God we serve. Somebody say all things. Yeah, now in Colossians chapter number one, in verse number 13, we're going to give you our subject because we talked about that in, in part one and part two. God has made us partake of his inheritance. Then we talked about part three and four. What is our eternal inheritance? You didn't get that tape, man. I tell you, that just came on our podcast this week. What is our eternal inheritance? 
Because everything God gave you, watch this, is eternal. Your inheritance is eternal. Your life you have now is eternal life. Your redemption is eternal. Everything God gave you is eternal. Now, we talked about in part five and part six, we, we start in volume two today. Part five and part six under the volume one, we talk about part five and part six. God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That's what we talked about last week. God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That word rescue is delivered. He delivered us. Now remember why are we doing all this? Because we just came out of a series, Renew Your Mind. And we showed you that only the Father, the Holy Spirit, can renew your mind or make you a new creation in Christ. That's what renew your mind means. He's the only one who can make you a new creation in Christ. I hope you're not following religion and tradition of men. Now, what I want you to do this morning, we're going to pray, we're going to get right into today's teaching, because today we're going to talk about what is the kingdom of darkness. Because I just told you last week, you know, I wanted to go on to another part, and the Spirit of God just, just would not let me go. So he wanted me to teach you what is the kingdom of darkness, because God delivered me from the kingdom of darkness. Now, if God delivered you from the kingdom of darkness... What is it? What did he deliver you from? That's going to be the day's teaching. Man, I tell you, I'm excited to know that God delivered me from the kingdom of darkness. Now, we're going to be teaching on the other side of this starting next week because we're going to be talking about God translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Then we're going to talk about what is the kingdom of his dear son. Then we're going to get into some other things. All of this word is coming your way. What is the kingdom of darkness? We're going to ask God. Father, we thank you now for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. We ask you to lead us and guide us and teach us. Give us understanding, Father. And what is the kingdom of darkness? Because you delivered us from that kingdom. You delivered us into your marvelous light. Help us to understand our salvation. We give you all the praise and all the glory. For you have finished your work. You are seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. For you are Lord. Both Acts chapter 2 verse 36. You are both Lord and Christ. We honor you. We praise you. We appreciate you. And we give you glory and honor and riches and power and might. We honor you in this place. In Jesus' holy name we pray. All the grief that prayer said. Amen. Amen. All right, now what we want to do today is we want to get into the word of God. What is the kingdom of darkness? Because in Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says, in verse 13, I'm sorry, he delivered us from the power of darkness. Now that word power there is kingdom. He delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. All right, now that's our subject. What is the kingdom of darkness? Now, you want to write down the word kingdom. Because I'm going to teach kingdom for what? Kingdom this week, probably next week, because I'm going to have to teach on the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to show you the kingdom of light. Then I'm going to show you who the kingdom. Because if he delivered me from the kingdom of darkness, then what is the kingdom of darkness? You want to put down the word kingdom. Because there are three words we're going to deal with. We're going to deal with the word kingdom. Now, when you're dealing with the word kingdom, you're dealing with the word government. You're dealing with the word 
rule, supreme administration. You're dealing with the word supreme authority. The key word for government we're going to use is dominion. And we're going to show you that because that's what God gave Adam. Dominion. He gave Adam his kingdom. All right. But kingdom is not just dominion. Kingdom is also the people. The inheritance. The inhabitants. So when a person is a king like our Lord is, he's called the king of glory. He is the king. By being the king, his government ruleth over all. And not only that, he owns all the people. See, when you're the king, if you live in a kingdom, this is how it is in the kingdom. The king has rulership over all his territory. So you have the kingdom. You have the government or the dominion. Then you got the people or the inhabitants or subjects of the king. They, they are owned by the king. See, you are in a kingdom now. And that's what I want to start teaching you this week. You, we are in a kingdom now. By being in a kingdom, we are owned by the king. You are not your own anymore. As a matter of fact, things are not done according to your will anymore. This is why so many people don't know how to act in the kingdom. Because they still, that's why I taught renew your mind. You got to be a new creation to do this. If you walk after the flesh, you can't glory in the flesh because you are not your own. We're going to show you that. Then we're going to show you that the king is also over the country, over the territory or, or the land. Everything, the king owns everything. So nothing you have is your own. I got, I got to keep telling you that because we're going to talk about the kingdom. It's God's dominion. It is God's inhabitants. It is God's territory. So everything you have belongs to the Lord. Remember, you're a citizen in the kingdom now. A citizen in the kingdom got to learn how to live in the kingdom. Now, I'm showing you that God delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. I'm teaching you today what is the, what is the kingdom of darkness. Because this is what God delivered you from. All right. In the kingdom of darkness, there was a prince. A God. Now, he got to have, he got the dominion from Adam. Now, let's go all the way back to Genesis. Because when you read the book of Genesis, you're going to see what God gave Adam. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, that's what we're going to go to. Watch what God gave Adam. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion. Now remember, he's given the kingdom to Adam. Let them have dominion. Dominion over what? Over the earth. Because he's going to name all the things in the earth. He's going to say, the fish of the sea, fowls of the air, over the cattle, all, over all the earth. He keeps saying, I'm giving him dominion over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So Adam had dominion over all the earth. Remember that, the earth. All right. But what happened? 
Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So when Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he fell from God's government dominion. Now he's no longer over the government. Now this is what happened. Now Satan became the God of this world. See, Adam was the God of this world. But once he disobeyed God, he lost his power, his rule, his authority. Because Adam was supposed to be over everything. Now watch this. When you look at, let me give you a few verses to show you something. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. We're going to take you through some scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter number, number 4. Watch what Paul says. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 1, he says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. So you cannot operate in dishonesty because, first of all, this is God's kingdom. Paul said we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, Watch this, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves and every man's conscience in the sight of God. So Paul is telling you that this is the holy life that you got to live in the sight of God to operate in the kingdom. But then he's going to tell us what happened. He said, now, if our gospel be here, is here to them that are lost. And he's going to tell you why they are lost. Why man is lost. Verse number four. In whom the God of this world. Now remember, Paul is ministering before the flood. I like to say before the flood because the flood means the tribulation. So now... Tribulation started back then in Acts chapter 8 because Paul was a part of it. But Paul was ministering before the end of the age that he was in, like Noah. The end of the age. Noah. Now, Noah ministered before the flood or before the end of the age. Because remember, after Noah came back down off the ark, Noah was now in grace. Okay? Now, so here it is, verse 4, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world, the God of this world, little g, God of this world, has blinded the minds, has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the God of this world, how does he blind the mind of them that believe not? He does it with religion. The God of this world blinded the mind. How did he do it? He did it. He did it with the law. He did it with the veil. So when Jesus come, I'm going to show you this: that Jesus is going to come and take away the veil, take away the law. All right. Now watch this: in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine under them. Why people can't see, they're blinded. Why are they blinded? The God of this world 
has blinded their mind. How do you do it? With religion, tradition of men. You can read the word of God to people and they still won't believe it because they have been bewitched. Let me show you what Paul said to Galatia. Now here's Galatia chapter 3. These people in Galatia had already came into the fellowship of Christ. They had come into the grace of Christ. Paul had left and come back. Now watch this. Now he ministered to the same people he used to minister to, and watch what he's going to say. Oh, foolish Galatia. We read in Galatia chapter 3, verse 1 out of the King James Version. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not, watch this, obey the truth or believe the truth? Before whose eye Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. This what I also learned of you, he says. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? What had happened? What had happened? They had started listening to people under the law. They had gone back to Peter's church, John's church, because they were under the law. Jesus was preaching to the Gentiles the gospel of Christ and the gospel of grace. So he realized something is going on wrong here. See, so that's what I'm talking about. The God is word, religion, tradition of men. Now, I'm going to show you that verse in, Acts, in, in Isaiah chapter 25. It's in my message a little later on, but I'm going to go to it now. Isaiah chapter number 25. In Isaiah 25, you're going to see what God's going to do here because we're going to use this as one of our verses, but I'm going to give it to you now. In, in Isaiah chapter number 25, and we're going to look at verse 7 and verse 8. Now watch what God came and did. He will destroy in this mountain. Remember, Jesus is on the cross. That's why he said in this mountain. Jesus will destroy in this mountain or on the cross the face of the covering. The face of the covering cast over all people. And then it says, and the veil that is spread over all nations. Now what's the veil? Let me show it to you. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We right there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we read it. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Let's show you what Paul told you the veil was. The veil is the law. All right? He's going to, the veil that is spread over all nations. What veil was spread over the eyes of the people? 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 15. Now, let's look at it. We're going to start reading with verse number 12. Seeing, Paul says, then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, not as Moses was put a veil, there it is, over his face, that the children of Israel could not stand fast and look to the end of that which is abolished. Why couldn't they see what has been abolished? Because they were blinded. They had a veil of their eyes. Who put those their eyes? Moses. Verse number 14. But their minds were blinded. How were they blinded? They, was a, they were blinded until this day, 2,000 years ago. 
remained the same veil untaken away in reading of the Old Testament. Watch this. As long as they are under the law, they're blinded. As long as somebody keeps teaching you the law, it blinded your mind, teaching you natural things, water baptism, foot washing, teaching you circumcision, teaching you uh, all these natural things, bread on the table. See, fellowship on the table. They're not teaching you from heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven now. See? See, now we are teaching you the kingdom. That's why you got to understand this message. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, watch what it says in verse number 14. Their mind were blinded, for until this day remain the same veil untaken away in reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ? So if I preach to you Christ, there's no more veil. So when, when, when Christ is preached, there's no more veil. See, there's no more mystery. There's no more veil. There, there's no more misunderstanding. I can't see, I can't understand. Because you're gonna, when you preach Christ, that's the word now. Okay? Now watch what he says in the next verse. He says in verse 15, But even until this day, talking about 2,000 years ago, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. See, people are still sitting under the law and don't realize as long as they stay up under the law of Moses, they're blinded. They're blinded. The God of this world blinded their mind. How did he do it? He did it with the veil. How did he do it? He did it with the law. But then in verse 16, said, but nevertheless, somebody said, nevertheless, Nevertheless, he said, when they shall turn to the Lord, if they'll just turn to the Lord, I'm coming over there. When they are going to turn to the Lord, what's going to happen if they turn to the Lord? The veil shall be taken away. If they'll just turn to the Lord, that's what you got to tell people. God will remove the veil, the blindness from your eyes if you'll just turn to the Lord. See, people haven't turned to the Lord. They turn to water baptism. They are turned to bread and wine on the table. They are turned to circumcision. They are turned to foot washing, but they won't turn to the Lord. Because you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Then it says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Praise God. Yeah, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You don't need the bread on the table anymore. You need Christ. That bread on the table represents Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Well, if you preach the gospel of Christ, preach his death, burial, and resurrection. You don't have to eat the bread to do it. So you got to understand that. Now the Lord, that spirit... Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord, that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now in verse 18, we all with open face, beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord. Watch what he says. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. How is it going to happen? Even by the spirit of the Lord. You can only be changed by the Holy Spirit. So if I don't preach Christ to you, how are you going to change? 
Those people could not change in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul says, because they were blinded, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the, there it is in, in chapter 4, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine under them. They rejected Paul's message because they wanted the law. That's what happened with people today. You preached Christ crucified to them, and they'll tell you about water baptism. Yeah, but pastor, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. You preach Christ crucified to them, they say, yeah, but you got to take Passover, eat communion on the table. You preach Christ crucified to them, they won't tell you about washing feet. See, they, got, they want all this natural stuff, but they don't want Christ. Why do you think God gave you faith? He gave you faith so you can believe. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In verse 15, all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Our light affliction which but for a moment worketh for us a far more than exceedingly eternal way to glory. When does it happen? Why we look not at the things which are seen. See, the key is, how can God change you from glory to glory if you're still looking at the bread on the table from Walmart or Myers or Kroger's? Listen, God's bread comes from above. That was a type and a shatter. Why we look not, verse 18, at the thing which are seen, but the thing which are not seen. How can you see things that are not seen? That's why he gave Hebrews chapter 11. We'll come right back there. He gave them Hebrews chapter 11. How can they see things that are not seen? Hebrews chapter 11 told you. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So how can you see things that are not seen? They're not seen with the normal physical eye. That's why God gave you his faith. He gave you his faith to see his healing. He gave you his faith to see his miracles. He gave you his faith to see the manifestation of the Spirit. That's what miracles are. That's what healings are. A manifestation of the Spirit. But he gave you faith to believe it. Now faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's why Paul told him in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 18, why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporary. They're natural. But the things which are not seen, watch this, are eternal. Your inheritance is eternal. So if you're going to have an eternal inheritance, how are you going to be able to see it? How are you going to see you've been forgiven? How are you going to see that you have eternal redemption? That's what the faith is for. 
He gave you the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. But we all with open face behold us in the glass. The glory of the Lord. This is how we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord can't change us if we don't believe. What is the kingdom of darkness? We showed you the God of this world, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He is called the God of this world. Let's go show you some more. John, Jesus talked about this in John chapter 12. Let's go all the way back to the Gospel of St. John. Chapter number 12. This is the record. History. John chapter number 12. We're going to show you three verses. 1231. John chapter 12. This is what Jesus says when he was getting ready to die on the cross. John chapter number 12. Why was, he, why was he going to die on the cross? Verse number 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now, we're going to put down the word world because we're going to look at that today. Maybe the second service. Now is the judgment of this world. And we're going to show you the word world means flesh. Now is the judgment of this world, flesh. Watch what it says. Now shall the prince of this world. Remember, Satan is called what? The prince of this world. Now remember, he's already been defeated. He's already been defeated. But he was called the prince of this world. How, how did he get the dominion and power over the flesh, over the earth? Through Adam. Through Adam. Did God give it back to Christ? Yeah, he did. Let me show you. Hold your finger right there. Look at John 17. Be right back. John 17, verse 1, Jesus was praying. In assessed prayer, he says, he spake. And Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power, watch this, over all flesh. Thou hast given him power over all flesh. Jesus was given power over all flesh. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. So Jesus was given by the Father power over all flesh. But when Jesus rises from the dead, he's going to have all power, heaven and earth and under the earth. Just like right now. There are so many people don't believe Jesus Christ has come. But my Bible would tell you that God has made Jesus Christ, Acts 2.36, both Lord and Christ. Jesus is seated on the right hand of the majesty on high, and all power has been given to him. He came back and got the power and authority in the government. That's why Paul said you bought with a price. He owns you. To own you, he got to be your king. It's the king that's over all the rule and authority. It's the king that's over all the people. It's the king that's over all the earth. He's called the king of glory. Hallelujah. Now, in John chapter 12, 
In verse 31, here's Jesus. Now is the judgment of this world. Don't forget, judgment of this world. Then he's going to say, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Remember, he got, the, he got the world, he got to be a prince of the world because he deceived Eve. Remember, Eve was in the transgression. Eve was deceived, not Adam. Eve was deceived. But because Adam willingly laid down his authority and power, the devil now became the god of the world. Ever since the garden, all the way to the time of the cross, Satan was the god of this world. He's not the God of this world no more now. We want to make sure you understand that. Now the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world, watch this, be cast out. And how is Jesus going to do it? On the cross, verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he says signify what death he should die. Now, watch what he's going to say in verse 34. The people answered and said, we've heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How saith thou the Son of Man must, abide, must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus is going to sell him something in verse 35. Jesus said to them, yet a little while is the light with you. Remember, that's who Christ is. Yet a little while is the light with you, or yet a little while I am with you. Walk while you have the light. Walk while I'm with you. Because the darkness cometh. Lest darkness come on you. And he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. Remember that. When a person's not saved, he lost. He's walking in darkness. He doesn't know where he's going. That's why Jesus said, if the blind, yes, it. If the blind lead the blind, you're going to fall into a ditch. A person that walks in darkness does not know where he's going. It's an awesome thing to be the leader and don't know where you're going. Watch what Jesus says. John chapter number 4. 12, verse 35, then Jesus said, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. He that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. Walk while you have the light. Believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus departed and did hide himself from them. Isn't there something that the light hid from them? Praise God, hallelujah. Well, we are talking about what is the kingdom of darkness now. We're showing you that Satan was the god of this world. Let's go back and show you that in John 14, 30. You and John, look at chapter 14. All the way through the word of God, John 14, 30. Watch what he says. Hereafter, I will not talk with you. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Because he's in darkness. See, there's no light. There's no light in a person is not saved. A person not saved is in darkness. He has a spirit of darkness. A person that's saved has a spirit of light. A person that's saved got the spirit of truth. A person that's not saved got the spirit of lie. That's how you know a man not saved. 
he hath a spirit of lies. His father is a father of lies. Hereafter, I would not talk with you much. The princes were cometh and have nothing in me. Now, let's, let's look at another one. John chapter 16, verse 11. See, all through the word of God. John chapter 16, verse 11. We're going to start verse 8. Because Jesus is telling them what's going to happen when the Holy Ghost comes. He said, and when the Holy Ghost is coming, verse 8, the Holy Ghost will reprove the world of sin. That's the first thing going to happen in your life once the Holy Spirit comes in your life. He'll reprove the world of sin. Second, righteousness. He's going to teach you about righteousness. That's what the Holy Ghost is going to do. And then of judgment. So those things is what the Holy Ghost does when he comes in your life. He will prove you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then he told you why? Of sin, because they believe not in me. Righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. So I know what Jesus came and did, came and do. He not only judged sin, he's going to judge Satan. He came and he judged him. I'm going to show you that in the word of God. I'm going to show you what happened. That's why a lot of people talk about the devil, the devil. The devil is not the one your problem. Now, there are evil spirits still, but, but they, don't have, they don't have a leader. You have to understand Goliath. Goliath had the Philistine. Whole army, Philistine. But David took Goliath down with a rock. That rock was Christ. And that's what Christ did with Goliath. Satan, he took him down. The Bible shows you he destroyed him that had the power there. Let me show it to you. Hold your finger. Hold your finger. We come right back. Hebrew chapter number two. So you got to understand something. The Lord himself defeated Satan. You got people today, they talk like Satan is still on the throne. Jesus has all power now. Let me say it again. Christ has all power, heaven and earth and under the earth. Don't fool yourself. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, Hebrews 2, 14. He also himself likewise took part of the same, that he through death, he might destroy him that had, past tense had. Don't have it anymore. He had the power of death, that is the devil. The devil had. The power of death. The devil don't have the power of death. You got people now, they can't pray in tongues. They, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. Every time they talk about something, the devil. The devil did this shit. All the devil. All the, listen, the devil has no more power over you. All power has been given to our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to show you that. Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as children are partakers of the flesh and blood, Christ also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. I want to make sure you get that word, had. Past that. He had the power of death, that is the devil. And delivered them. That's what he did with us. He delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things he, uh, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest 
and things pertaining to God. Here it is to make reconciliation for the saints. I'm sorry, for the sins of the people. Jesus made reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, now he is able to secure them that are tempted. Jesus has already destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. What an awesome God we serve. That's why I'm going to show you. You was in the kingdom of darkness, but God delivered you. Let me show you one more. Ephesians 6.12. Let's show you another. From the book of Ephesians. Watch what Paul is going to say. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to show you one after this in Peter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. We go there next. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10 said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God. Now, we know that's Christ. Christ is the whole arm of God. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wait a minute. Put on Christ. Put you, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Romans 13 told him. Christ is the whole arm of God. Put on Christ. So you can be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the tricks and strategies of the devil. Verse 12 said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. So that don't mean that that's not there. But we got on the whole arm of God. And that's what you got to understand. You got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, take on you the whole arm of God, verse 13. Whole arm of God is Christ. Take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That's why you got to have on the whole arm of God. You got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your defense. He is your offense. God puts you in Christ. You are saved in Christ. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Peter. Oh, hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter number 2. I thank God for his goodness. 1 Peter chapter number 2. Look what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 7. Now we're going to go to verse 9, I'm sorry. You are chosen generation. Now this is what Peter said to the Jewish believers. You find the record of that in Exodus chapter 19, verse 1 through 8, which are not going back there. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him, watch this, who has called you out of darkness. Same thing Peter told them. Same thing Paul told us, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He delivered us from darkness, from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Watch what he did, Peter said. He told Peter, he says, in verse 9, he told, told the Jewish believers, say, you look, you're a chosen generation, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're a peculiar people. You should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness, watch this, into his marvelous light. Somebody ought to give him praise. God has 
taken us out of darkness. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. He brought us out of darkness into a marvelous light. So many people today don't believe that Jesus had done that. Let me show, let me show you the, the old covenant. Because in the old, let's go to Daniel. In the old covenant, the book of Daniel chapter 7, it was prophesied about Jesus. Now you've got to understand Jesus Christ, when he came, he came to fulfill. So let me show you that phrase. Let me go to Luke 24 before I do something. Luke chapter 24. You've got to understand that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, the prophets, and the sons. Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. Just one verse. The gospel, this is after he rose from the dead. Luke 24, verse 44. We start up there in verse, verse we start up there a little early. You see he showed them his hand, his feet. He was risen from the dead. And he vanished out of their sight. Now, in verse 44, he said to them, these are the words which I spake to you while I was, see, he's risen from the dead, while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled. All things must be fulfilled. Then he's going to say, in the prophets, in the law of Moses, all things had to be fulfilled in the law of Moses. All things had to be fulfilled in the prophets. All things had to be fulfilled in the Psalms concerning me. And when they believed that, watch what happened. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. He said to them, this is written, and it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And people take that and think they're supposed to preach that today. No, no, no. Remember, he's talking to Jews. They preach repentance to the Jewish believer. All right? Now, then he sent them the Holy Ghost. Now, otherwise, this, let me show you one more. Let me show you one more. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 16. Luke, chapter 16, and verse 16. But see, when people are blinded from the truth, they can't see that. They, they just can't see. They just think that, they just think they know it all, I call it. Luke chapter 16, verse 16. The law and the prophets were to John. Just believe the Bible. The law and the prophets was to John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. Listen, when Jesus came into his ministry, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 4, 23. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Why? Because the law and the prophets had ended. See, you got to understand, you got you to see leaving from law, prophets, to the gospel of the kingdom. And now Paul comes with the revelation of the mystery, which is Christ. See, you can't go preach law anymore. You can't preach the prophets anymore because that was the end of the, 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 the old world. Jesus came at the end of the world to fulfill the old covenant. And then he gave us grace. The apostle Paul, the message of grace, which is to preach Christ and him crucified. Because Christ is the fullness 
are the finisher of the law and the prophets. That's why when you look at Romans 10, he'll tell you Christ is the end of the law. Look what the word of God said. That's what you, that's what you got to go by. Just keep going by that word. Amen. That word is what's going to get it. Now, look at Daniel again. Because I'm getting ready to take you to somewhere. Daniel chapter 7 verse 9. You got so many people don't think this has happened yet. See, you, you, believe in, you believe in the folks who don't think the Bible has happened yet. Now, this is what the people taught 50 years ago. I've been in ministry 40 years. And the same people said to me, yeah, but Jesus ain't come yet, Trump. You over here preaching that grace. But Jesus ain't come yet. When Jesus come, He's going to destroy the Antichrist. When Jesus come, wait a minute. Are you telling me Jesus is not sitting on the throne yet? Oh, oh, he's sitting on the throne. Are you telling me he don't have, he got all, oh, he got all power. Wait a minute. How is he going to have all power sitting on the throne, already defeated death, held the grave, already destroyed the law, fulfilled the law, already defeated Satan, but yet he hasn't come yet. See, you, you, you don't know what you're preaching. The word grace means God's work is finished. Somebody ought to tell me. Listen, you need to write the word grace down. What is grace? God's work is finished. That's what the definition for the word grace. Grace, Romans 6, 14. Let me show you the Bible. Let me show you the Bible says. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. See, the key is people don't want to believe the Bible. You can't believe the Bible. You're still in the book of Roma. You've been not in the book of Roma. You've been in the book of Acts for 50 years. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Just one verse. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Read the rest of the verse. For you are not under the law, but it didn't stop there. But on the grace, Romans 6, 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Daniel chapter 7. Here's prophecy. Prophecy is what Jesus came to fulfill. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. This is what Daniel saw. And I beheld the throne were cast down. Thrones, yeah. Thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit. Now, the Ancient of Days, we know that's the Lord, right? Here's the Lord. Here he come. He threw down all the thrones. I'm going to show you that. And the Bible said, whose garment was as white as snow, the hairs of his head like pure wool. His throne was like unto the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fire, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. And watch this. The judgment was set and the books were opened. John, uh, uh, Daniel says, 
I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn did speak. I beheld even to the beast was slain. Now we know what the beast is. Let me show you the beast is for you won't think that you've been watching television and some of these other preachers, he's showing you all these monsters. He's not talking about no monster. Look, look, at, look at Daniel chapter 7 and verse 17. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, not monsters. Ah. See, you watching the wrong, you, you watching the wrong folk on TV. Oh, they got all kind of stuff out now. And then in verse number, verse number 12. But I want to show you verse 11 first. The book was open. And verse 11 says, And I beheld because the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain. I'm going to take you to the new covenant. I'm going to show you that the beast was slain. Matter of fact, I just showed you one. Let me go back and show it to you again. Hebrews chapter 2. The beast was slain. You know you got folks still don't think the beast was slain yet. They still talking about the Antichrist going to come. And Look, the beast has already been slain. Here we go. Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as children of partake of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had passed the power of death, that is the devil. All right, we saw he had been destroyed. All right, now let's go back to here. Daniel chapter 7, verse 11. And I beheld... Because the voice of the great beast which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning fire. Well, who you think was given to the burning fire? Let me show you that in Revelation chapter 19, verse 19. Revelation 19, 19. You, you, okay, to, you okay to go in the back of the book, aren't you? You know, some pastors don't allow their people to go in the back of the book. Well, what you doing in the book of Revelation, boy? You don't need to be over there. That's the problem. Revelation 19, 19. And I saw the beast. Here it is. I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered themselves to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him which had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, them that worship his image, these both were cast alive, watch it, into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, whose sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fire was filled with all their flesh. That's what Daniel said already happened. The book of Revelation says already happened. That's if you're allowed to read the book of Revelation. Let me, let me keep going. And verse number 12. And concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion, dominion, that they were there, their kingdom taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season in time. I saw in the night vision, Daniel says, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. People are telling you he never came yet. That's your problem. 
Daniel said, I saw him in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man come with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient days. They brought him near before him. What did he come for? Here it is. And there were given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people and nation and language should serve him. Why are you thinking that we serve him now? Because he's king, he's Lord. He's not going to come. He has risen and he has come to his own people. Now he is seated on the throne of the master on high. All power been given to him. And there was given to him dominion. Dominion, the first word, the kingdom. Glory, a kingdom that all people, nation, languages serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Don't drop the cup which shall never pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall never be destroyed. That's what the kingdom you're in. So that's why the next teaching I'm going to do, God translated us, watch this, into the kingdom of his dear son. How can God take us into the kingdom of his dear son if he did not destroy the kingdom of darkness? That's why I had the minister this tape today. He had to destroy the kingdom of darkness so he could take us into the kingdom of his dear son. What an awesome God we serve. Let, let me show you something, because this, this, this stuff is so good, man. I tell you, I, I can't say enough of how good it is. But, but let's show you a verse, because we're going to work on this in the next service. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So a lot of folks stops right here. But I'm going to read it, and then we're going to pick it up the next service. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to go to verse number 24. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24. Watch what the Word of God says. Then cometh the end. Now, this is what a lot of folks read. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. Oh, that didn't happen yet, Pastor. Yeah, he did. Even the Father, when he shall have put down, watch this, all rule, all authority, and all power. He put down all rule, all authority, all power. Verse 25. He must reign till he has put all enemies on his feet. Well, he hasn't done that yet, Pastor. Keep reading. The last enemy that shall be, the, be destroyed is death. Now, don't drop your cup. This. Paul writing this in A.D. 60. I'm going to go to A.D. 64 and show what he wrote in the, in the Word of God. But I'm going to show you something else first. Let's go to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.10. Now, I just showed you the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Let me show it to you again. The last enemy. Is that, do I have some witnesses out there? Watch what it says. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. If death has already been defeated and destroyed, I rest my case. Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But it's now, but it's now, let me start at verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord Jesus, Paul says, nor me his prisoner. Be partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. According to the power of God, who has? He has, past tense. What he done, Pastor? He saved us. Called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, 
but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who had passed him, abolished death. He has already abolished death and brought life and immortality light through the gospel. That's what the Bible said. He's already abolished death. Why is that so important? Because I read to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Well, if he's already abolished death, he's already taken care of the last enemy. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't drop your cup. Don't drop your cup. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you first of all that which I also receive, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. This is how you're saved, by putting your faith, your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop listening to religion, tradition, and man. Start reading the Bible for yourself. My time is up. I thank you for your work. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.